Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast of our Sunday morning teaching. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Today we're going to talk about the great exchange. Everybody say exchange. You know, I am, I am greatly alarmed that our culture is gradually moving away from Jesus and removing Jesus from every aspect of life and replacing him with generic gods and philosophy. It bothers me when they say you can't put up uh, uh, Christmas decorations anymore. And when you, you know, you can't celebrate Jesus in the public square. And we can't have Jesus here. and We can't have Jesus there. And, and this is going to be offensive to somebody. Even in churches, churches are taking down crosses. Are you hearing me this morning? Because they don't want to confuse people. I'm telling you, the cross is not confusing. The cross is the center of mankind. The cross is the center of history. It is the center of time. And if we stop preaching Jesus, what message are we going to preach? Who are we going to preach? Honoring the Lordship of Jesus Christ is essential to every aspect of Christianity. We must keep Jesus in a place of honor in the church, in our lives, in our culture, and in our world. Now, what is the gospel? You know, if you ask most people that go to church on occasion, what is the gospel? Most people would not know. In fact, you can ask people that go to church all the time, what is the gospel? And most of them don't know. And so let's find out what the gospel is. Everybody say good news. See, the gospel's good news. It's good news. For I'm determined, Paul said, not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ, him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Also, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is out of Luke. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You know what the, you know what the good news is to a poor person? Oh, it's quiet in here. Let me tell you, the good news to a poor person is you're not going to be poor no more. Now, that's not good English, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. The gospel is all encompassing. Listen to me. It is not only salvation, not only means I am saved. It means I am saved not only from hell, not only that I am saved from my sin. It means delivered. It means set free. It means blessed. It means prosperous. All of that is encompassed in the gospel. Jesus came preaching the good news. Somebody say good news. And the good news for you is that in Jesus, whatever you're facing today and whatever the need is, there is an answer. I want somebody to say with me, Jesus is the answer. Whatever the question. He's the answer before you even got a question. Jesus is the answer. He said, I'm, I'm going to be anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those that are bruised. But the gospel is only understood through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Because the ultimate goal of the gospel, listen, is a loving, meaningful relationship with God. Our faith as Christians is in the person of Jesus, but there is no separating who Jesus is from what he has done. 
Do I really know what Jesus accomplished in his death and in his burial and in his resurrection? Because at the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sin and delivered you and me from the curse of the law. At the cross, he was bruised with sickness so we could have healing. At the cross, Jesus conquered sin. At the cross, Jesus conquered death by the resurrection and obtained righteousness for you and me. Here it is. Listen to this. Jesus received what we were and what our lives deserved while we received what he was and what his life deserves. Man, that's the gospel. Somebody say, thank God for grace. Jesus came to put us in the center of God's will, receiving God's blessing and God's promises. Because listen to this, God has always desired that man have his best. Spirit, soul, and body. That is the gospel. That is the good news. Jesus was the one who lived a sinless life. He was the one who became sin, suffered the penalty for sin, and then conquered sin by the resurrection. The new covenant is founded on the completed work of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus hung on that cross, he cried out these words and said, It is finished. Thank you, Jesus. That means the work of redemption was finished. And we participate in that finished work by faith. We have an exchange, an exchange that took our sin away from us and gave us righteousness. And listen to this. Here's the thing. Our sins are not covered. They no longer exist because Jesus became our sin. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he conquered sin and death. He did not conquer sin in general. He conquered my and your specific sin, guaranteeing us a specific victory over our specific sin. Whatever the bondage is in your life today. Jesus came to break that bondage. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to anoint us. Now I'm going to, I want everybody in this house today to give me the next 10 minutes of your undivided attention because the next 10 minutes can determine where you will spend eternity. And so I'm asking you for the next 10 minutes I want you to consider with me. I want you to open your heart with me. I want you to open your life with me. And I want you to ask yourself this question. A hundred years from now, I'll be somewhere. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. There's a part of you that will never die. It will live forever. And so I'm asking you to think right now with me. 100 years from now, I will be somewhere. And I will remember back to that preacher in that church who spoke words over my life. I remember what I felt at that time. I remember this occasion. And 100 years from now, you're going to reflect back on the next 10 minutes. How will you remember it? How will you remember it? What will it mean to you? Will it be a memory, listen, that is filled with regret? Will it be a memory that is filled with, I wish I had? And then you can fill in the blanks. Or will it be a memory that enables you to say, thank God for that 10 minutes of my life that changed me for all eternity. That is the importance of what lies before us today.
I want you to say with me, Jesus, Jesus conquered, conquered my sin. My sin. I receive nothing from God on my own merit. I receive every promise based on that finished work of Jesus. And when I accept the finished work of the cross, when I say yes to what Jesus did, and that's what I'm going to ask you to do over these next 10 minutes, open your heart and say yes to Him. When I accept that finished work of the cross, let me tell you what happens. The life you now live is an exchange life. Jesus received what I deserve. I receive what he deserves. He was made to be my sin. I am made to be his righteousness. He received the penalties that my sin deserved. I am receiving the blessing that his righteousness deserves. Because he was rejected, I am accepted. Because he was chastened, I have peace before God. Jesus lived a sinless life. He was the one who became sin, who suffered the penalty for sin, and then conquered sin by the resurrection. Would you say with me today, he's alive. alive. All of the new covenant has its dependency on the completed work of Jesus. We participate in that by faith. Romans 5.11 puts it this way. In Jesus, we have the exchange, and it is not just in the future, it is now. It went into effect when Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father. But we have more than a covering in Jesus. We have an exchange. Because God has taken our sin and put it on Jesus. And when he looks at me, he doesn't pretend I'm righteous. I am righteous by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Righteous by his blood. Changed by his blood. We begin to participate in it when we believe it and when we receive it. Now... How can you honor Jesus in your life today? How can I honor Jesus in my life today? Church, pray. Pray with me today. Pray for hearts and lives. Number one, we honor it by receiving his love. I want everybody to say, Jesus, Jesus, thank you you for loving me. me. You know, Ephesians chapter 2 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by great grace have you been saved. You know, God loves you so much. And he considers us so very precious that he has made every effort to ensure that we are eligible for all of his resources. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. (laughs) He blesses me. He blesses me. And you know what? He wants to bless each and every one of us in this house today. God wants to honor you with his presence. With his presence 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What would you trade for that? What would you trade for that? I want you to say with me today one more time. Jesus, thank you for loving me. You know, we're in a place today of decision and over these next few minutes we're going to make a decision one way or the other and if you decide not to decide you've made a decision you decided by not deciding are you going to accept his love I want you to declare with me today one more time everybody out loud I believe God loves me I believe that he accepts me in Jesus. Number two, how can I honor Jesus in my life? By receiving his forgiveness. 
Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus. thank you for forgiving me much. Luke seven forty seven says, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. The fact that Jesus literally became my sin is beyond my comprehension. But it is not beyond my experience. I tell you what, I may not understand it intellectually, but I'm walking in it every day. I'm experiencing it all the time. I may not understand. I can't, you know what? I can't understand how somebody who can, who can read that and has committed sins that are, we would consider atrocious. That we would consider unforgivable. That Jesus became that. He became every vile, wicked, sinful thing that you can ever imagine or ever be, stand in horror of as you watch one of these reality shows. I watched one last night where a father who had seemed to be a loving father was convicted of murdering his two precious little boys and his wife. And in the flesh, my, my heart wants to... But then I begin to realize, as horrible as it is, that's why Jesus came. That's what Jesus did. That's why when you watch scenes of the cross... And the depiction of what took place there. As horrible as, as we can reenactment, reenact it, it was worse than anything we could ever imagine. Why? Because Jesus became everything vile that humanity can, can consider. He became it. He didn't just carry it. He became it. He bore it. It's beyond my comprehension, but it is not beyond my experience. The fact that He became my sins means that I do not live only as a sinner saved by grace. The sinner is dead. He died on a cross 2,000 years ago. Freedom from sin and freedom from the power and consequences of it, of it is now part of my resurrected life. Somebody say amen. amen. How can I honor Him? By becoming part of His family. I want everybody in here to, with me today say, Jesus, Jesus. thank you amen. for accepting me with no strings attached. You know, Jesus came to recover a family. Through His work, we are adopted. We're not inducted because adoption is acceptance into a family. And I want you to begin to see God differently in this house. God is our loving Father. While Jesus is our Lord, the Scripture says He is also our elder brother. And the ultimate goal of God is not a labor force. You see, I'm not in here to try to get a bunch of people together to help just, just so I can have all my dreams fulfilled. I'm in here to get a family together so that we can love each other, so that we can walk through life together, so that we can experience everything that life brings together. Hold each other's hands. Walk through the mountains and through the valleys. Walk through the good times and through the bad times. Experience God and all that He is. But not only that, so that we can believe together so that not all, you're not here to make my dreams come true. I'm here to help you make your dreams come true that's the gospel that's why Jesus died 
so that you could live and have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus. What a deal. Who would pass up? Who would pass up an opportunity like that? The ultimate goal of God is not a labor force or a warring force. It's a family. Everybody say family. We used to, somebody used to sing that song. We are family. See, y'all know it too. I think it was the Pointer Sisters. Boy, I'm going way back now. Somebody else said, I thought that was a dog, Pointer. <laughs> Isn't there a dog that's like a pointer or something that points? Well, there was a group called the Pointer Sisters, and they sang a song called We Are Family. Well, that one, that, that, you know what? They didn't come up with the original idea of that. God did. God's heart and his desire for you and me is to have a family, to be a part of a family. God wants us as his sons and daughters. He wants to be a part. He wants us to be a part of his family. He wanted our involvement. He wants to build a relationship with us. Therefore, he initiated the plan that could bring all of this about. He had to deal with the one thing, though, that stood between us and between him. Sin. It might not be horrible sin. You might not have committed terrible sin, but I've got news. The scripture makes this declaration. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The ground at the foot of the cross is level. God doesn't grade on the curve. Listen to me. Everybody listen to this real closely. One day, every one of us, every one of us will stand before Almighty God. And He will ask us this question. Why should I let you in to my heaven? My question to you today is, what will your answer to him be on that day when you stand before him and he says to you, why should I let you into my heaven? I want you to think about that over these next few minutes. God has initiated a plan that could make us a part of his family. But he had to deal with that one thing that stood between us and him, sin. Sin separated us from God. Sin had created a bridge that we could not cross. And here I go back remembering old songs again. But Jesus is our bridge over troubled water. God wants you to live in harmonious relationship with him today and harmonious relationship with people. But this can only happen when you have peace and you can only have peace when you know you're righteous and you can only know you're righteous when you accept the gift of righteousness through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this in Romans. Therefore being justified, made righteous. That's what justified means. Made righteous, just as if we'd never sinned. Justified, made righteous. We have peace with God through, 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 through the one, the only, Jesus Christ. There is not salvation in any other name. Now God's word word promises that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But I want you to know this, by his grace... 
God has already done everything to provide salvation. Your part is to simply believe and receive. Over this last year, I presided over a lot of funerals, more than I wanted to. All of us at some time in our lives, barring the return of Jesus in the air, we're going to pass through that door called death. Every one of us. And we'll have to stand before God. Every one of us. No exceptions. Now, help me with this. But in our culture, we're trying to cut Jesus out more and more. We're trying to take him out of everything. We don't want to offend anybody. We're so afraid of what somebody's going to think or somebody's going to say. Or somebody's going to get all upset. And then we wonder why we're falling apart at the seams. We wonder why our culture's crumbling. We're wondering why people are in breakdown. While people are in crisis after crisis, emotionally and physically and mentally. Follow me on this. I'll tell you why. Because we are cutting the very very person out, the one and the only person out, who has the answers when it comes to death. Now, help me here with this just a minute. But if you know somebody else who did what Jesus did, who not only took our sins, but who went into that grave, who died, but it didn't stop there, who has the answers for death, who not only went into the grave and died, but who conquered death and therefore has the answers for death. Please enlighten me and tell me who it is, because I got news for you. It's not Muhammad. It's not Allah. It's not Hare Krishna. There is only one who conquered sin, death, the grave, and hell, and rose triumphant, who can give us a peace that passes understanding. So at that time, when we pass through the doorway of death and we stand before Almighty God, we can stand clothed in His righteousness and in His forgiveness. His name is Jesus. When we shut out Jesus, we shut out the peace. We shut out the grace. We shut out the mercy. We shut out what we need to sustain us during the times when we feel like we ought to fall apart. Let me tell you something. In in 40 years of ministry, I have stood by people, and I can tell you, those that have God living in their life, those that know Jesus, when the crisis comes, there's a difference Because of what has happened on the inside of them. Because of this one man, Jesus Christ. As I close this service, stay with me. Give me your attention. And I want to ask you this question. And I want to make some declarations. I want you to know there is only one Jesus. One Messiah. One Savior. One way. He is the man who conquered death, hell, and the grave. One Jesus. You have one life. One. One life. 
You do not know when you will stand before God. I have buried everything from infant babies right on through small children to teenagers to folks getting close to 100 years old. You don't know when you'll have to stand before God. You have one life. Today, you're going to have one encounter that you will remember for all eternity. A hundred years from now, you will remember what I am speaking to you today at one of two destinations. You have a chance today for one touch. One touch from the hands of Jesus. You have an opportunity today to get one word from God. That word that changes everything about your life. You have a chance today to give one response. You have a chance today for there to be one moment in time that will change everything about everything. There is one hope and one final destination. This moment, this time, this hour, right now, determines your eternal destiny. Would you bow your heads while no one looks? Some of you are sensing something in your heart today that you know is life-changing. My question to you today is, what are you going to do with Jesus? Now, I'm going to tell you what Jesus did for you. He did everything. He did everything. And a not, not to make a decision is a rejection of everything that Jesus did. And so my question and my heart cry to you today is, what will you do in this one moment? What will your one response be? I want every person in this house today who would say, I want to respond to the love of Jesus by saying yes to Him. I want to say yes to Him in this moment. I want you, while nobody's looking, lift your hand. Come on, be brave enough to lift your hand. Lift your hand and say yes. I want to say yes to Him. I want to say yes to Him. I will not turn Him down. I say yes to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Joel. Just keep your hand up for just a moment. Just a moment. Now, I want you to do me one more favor. I want you to stand right where you are. You're in a loving family. Don't be embarrassed. Stand up. Stand up right where you are. Stand up right where you are. Stand up. Come on, quickly. Stand up. Be a man. Be a woman. Stand up and say yes to this love right where you are. Please, every hand that was lifted, please stand right now. Quickly, quickly stand to your feet. And say yes to Him. I am fighting for your eternity today. I am, I am standing in the place today of where I sense a spiritual battle and a spiritual warfare going on. And a hundred years from now, I don't want God to, to look at me and say, Why didn't you tell them? Why didn't you share it? Why didn't you do your best to stir something in their heart that would cause them to respond? Stand right where you are. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the hearts and lives that are standing right now, for those that are representing 
that response to Jesus that is saying yes to him. Yes to him. I'm saying yes to you, Lord. Yes to your love. Yes to your work in my life. I open myself to you and I accept the good news of the gospel. So that on that day, when I stand before him, and he asks me the question, why should I let you into my heaven? I can boldly proclaim, because of Jesus. Because Jesus is the Lord of my life. Because Jesus has made me righteous. Father, I thank you today for that stirring of hearts and lives. Now I'm going to ask you that are standing to do one more favor for me. If I can get a little bit of help up here, amen. If you will, come right up here and take my hand. I want you to meet the preacher for just a minute. Come up here. I want to meet you personally. Come on, right now. If you've got children, bring them with you. If you've got family, they'll wait on you. But right now, don't miss, them. don't miss your moment. Don't miss your time. Don't miss your season. Yes, and if you did not stand up and you feel a tugging in your heart, come right now. It's not too late. Come right up here by the preacher. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You are loved in this house. I want you to know that. If you did not stand, it's still not too late to come right now and to affirm this in your life. Elders and pastors, if you would, come stand behind. Amen, you guys are already here. You are on the ball. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, church. This is what church is about. Thank you, Jesus. What a great Easter celebration this is. Thank you, Father. Now, everybody, I want you to pray out loud this prayer with me. Everybody, if you would, let's stand up. Everyone stand. And I want us all to pray this prayer out loud together. Everybody say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. By faith in your word, I receive salvation right now from this day forward I give my life to you I receive your love I receive your grace I receive your mercy I receive everything Jesus provided for me on this Easter Sunday Lord I give you my life Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. I feel your presence in my heart and in my life right now. Hallelujah. Now, I want everybody that's gathered at the altar to look up right up here at me. According to what the Bible says, you're a Christian. You have confessed the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And what it says that if you'll do this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You are part of our family now. The Bible says old things are passed away and all things are become new. Now, there's there's a few things you need to do. You know what? You wouldn't take, see this precious little, how old is this this little fellow right here? He's two years old. You wouldn't take a two-year-old and just put him out and leave him on his own and think, well, just go on and live your life. You know what? You got to have people around you that can help you grow. Just like a child, 
you got to have people around you that can help you grow. You need to stay connected to a good church. Stay in a place where people can help you and speak into your heart and speak into your life. God loves you. I want you to say with me today, God God loves me. Boy, I tell you, the presence of the Holy Spirit, Pete, is here so powerful right now. Lives are being changed and transformed. You need to stay connected to a place where you can hear things like you've heard today. Where, listen, where next Sunday, now you can start knowing that God wants to put dreams in your heart. Dreams for your family. Dreams for your children. Dreams for your future. God has a plan. I want you to know, I want everybody in this house today to say with me, God has a destiny for my life. I want to find it and walk in it. Man, that is the passion of my life, folks. That's what I preach for. That's what I do. That's, that is the calling that God has placed on start to say this young man, but I'll just go ahead and say this young man. Amen. So that we find that place. God, where God's just all in it. Man, I've got so much revelation. I want to pour into you guys about this, but it only happens as you stay in a place where people can help you grow and help you become all that God's called you to be. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. Our services are held on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.